Okay, welcome back, everybody. We haven't been on a Zoom in a little while, so this is fun to get back to. Uh, this is Queer Halftime. My name is Becca. I use she, they pronouns, and I'm here with a very fun guest. Hi, my name is Evan Westfall. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm vaguely professionally gay, and I also teach people how to sing. <laughs> vaguely professionally gay I yeah. love it I think I need to put that on my resume because <laughs> I too am like professionally like a queer yeah 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 amazing <laughs> it's solidarity in our professional queerness I love it for sure like is there anything else you want people to know about you kind of before we dive in or uh, I guess just the big thing is like I'm a queer singer songwriter I have an EP out called gay pirates that you can stream for free and I have um, a new album coming out this year called ineffable and there's already two singles out so that's like Ooh. a little bit of my deal nice is that your first album or my first full-length album yeah mm -hmm. exciting yeah I'm so stoked for it Oh my gosh, I watched the video for Gay Pirates a little while ago. Um, and I actually, it kind of leads me into my first question because like it was just so joyful and happy and like very fun. And like, I feel we've talked about on this podcast before, um, a lot of media around gay and like queer people is so like based on sorrow and like pain and all this stuff. And I'm wondering if like you purposely made your music very happy or if it was just kind of that was the vibe of the song or like kind of what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was kind of intuitive the way I came across it, uh, the vibe of just like queer joy in it. Uh, but I totally agree. I think so many of our narratives are framed through like historical trauma that um, it just ends up being a downer looking at a lot of queer media sometimes. And I love my favorite. Yeah, my favorite sources of queer media are ones that like find a way to center joy in those experiences and those stories. So I think like what inspired me to write that song was like like some sad stuff and some lack of representation. Uh, but I wanted to turn that into something fun and beautiful. Nice. So I, um, yeah, yeah, I was inspired to write Gay Pirates one Valentine's Day when I was listening to a bunch of love songs. And I was like, all of these are aggressively straight. Um, <laughs> and I'm frankly embarrassed. Um, and um, yeah, there wasn't any good representation. And then there's this Broadway singer that was a gay dude that I absolutely loved. And he released this love song and listening to the lyrics, you would not know that he was gay. Gay. And I was like upset about that because I was like, I was like, <laughs> I want something like deliciously gay. I want some gay romance. Yeah. Um. And I was like really bummed that his song was seemed to be like straight washed a little bit to be more palatable. Mm. And so, yeah, I decided to write something that I was like, I want it to be like, uh, like immediately known that this is like for gay people and it is like a very queer vibe yeah and so that's kind of like why I decided to write gay pirates that's so fun like it is very fun like listening to music with a friend like when Haley Kyoko's like newest album came out I was listening to I think it was Curiosity or something when I was picking up a friend and she was like listening it was like kind of just bopping along and she's like wait a minute is this gay and I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice but like it's nice having yeah. ones that like from the get-go you're like oh hell yeah this is yeah deliciously gay as you said which is a wonderful term <laughs> totally like yeah make it clear have sort of a clear stance of like this is who i am this is kind of who my mm -hmm. music is for yeah. yeah so is that kind of mm -hmm. the stance you take for like a lot of your art of like i want it to be like very obviously like for my people uh 
honestly, I think I'm just like aggressively homosexual and I don't think it's intentional, but I think that's just what happens. You know, it's just like, I'm just a very gay person. And so consequently my art just kind of turns out to be pretty gay. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> As someone Thanks, who Becca. has never had anyone react with surprise when I came out to them, like, I feel that. Like, yeah, I thought totally. I was so, like, on the DL and, like, very chill about it. And people were like, yeah, obviously. And I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard some friends say, well, why didn't you tell me then? I literally, when I, yeah, my friend was like, yeah, obviously. And I was like, you couldn't have told me? Like, I this took forever. Figure out, like. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't realize, like. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I think sometimes people are sensitive and they're like, we wanted you to like come out when you're ready and not push you. So maybe they had good intentions. Maybe, yeah. It's like it. that line between like not wanting to push people and also being like, hey, you know, have you, I noticed you looking at this person or like. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> so I, I, when I was in um, like grade five, six, my friend group, all of us turned out to be queer, but we weren't like out to each other I at that time. That we we went to a yeah we went to a Catholic school that was like super homophobic. But I remember like getting older and being like, "So, what do you think about Ellen DeGeneres?" <laughs> <laughs> just like you know, <laughs> just like all these little like water testing moments of like we're all queer, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my, God. we've yeah. talked many times about my Catholic school experience. So I'm always so excited when somebody else like went there and turned out to be a big old queer like <laughs> oh man such a wild experience so okay one of the stories I really like to tell is about one of my favorite teachers I'm just gonna call her Mrs. C because I don't want to like slander her live on a podcast um but she was this amazing teacher that was really fun she taught me math in grade seven and eight and then I ended up in her social studies class in grade nine and there was an attendance list and there were some names with stars by them and my name had a star and I was like yo Mrs. C what's up with this and she said oh um and anyone on the class list with a star that means they can't be moved to another class so sometimes like students fight and so they'll put them in two separate classes and oh, put okay. a star by their name and she said Evan I know you don't fight with anyone I just really love teaching you so I put a star by your name and I was oh. like oh that's like amazing right but we were doing current events in grade nine and I guess to age me this is when gay marriage was getting legalized and we we're doing current events and she turned to the class and she said isn't that sick and it like emotionally, it felt like hitting a brick wall because there was this teacher that I idolized, that loved, that I knew loved me. Like I had like um, sort of like photographic evidence of my name with a star. <laughs> um, but then she was like super homophobic and I haven't had a chance to talk to her or meet with her since. And I would really, really love to. Um, but that was yeah, sort of like one of my like formative Catholic school experiences. Oh, my God. I... I had a moment because I use sick as like, oh, that's good. So it took me a second to be like, oh, wait, no, she means bad. <laughs> I know, right? Wouldn't it be great, though, if she's like, that's sick. Isn't that she's sick? Like, like... gay marriage. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, um, and if anybody wants to learn more about gay marriage, we did an episode about it. Oh, amazing. Okay. Um, Yeah. But like those, it's kind of like a gut punch, though, isn't it? Like, you think there's this person that's like, super cool and safe and accepting. And then they say something like that. And it's like, yeah totally like it just stops like yeah and I think sometimes as a queer person that just puts you on edge for other experiences like um my best friend is trans and she always jokes that we have terminator vision for pronouns and pride flags 
like term <laughs> like how the terminator sees red and we're like yeah this is a safe yeah. space yeah totally oh that's like what we teach our youth we're like look for signs but like mm-hmm. we were joking last pride every time we walked into a school to do like a training or speak to parents like I could like anytime like I I don't notice school flags I never look but anytime there's a pride flag I'd be like oh my god <laughs> like just a squirrel but like <laughs> yeah totally it's so sweet yeah I was at but, I yeah. was at Queen Elizabeth school last June for they had this really cool pride event where they had all of these posters of influential queer people throughout history and they had a beautiful like cupcake station and if the students wanted a cupcake they had to go to them and tell them about a queer historical figure that they learned about yeah, it was really cute and really cool and so cool to see stuff like that because, like, I, I don't know how old you are, Becca, but, like, in my age, that, like, never would have happened in a public school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I don't have as much freedom in, like, public schools back then. Like, I, um, like, I'm 28, mm-hmm. um, but, like, in my Catholic school, like, part of the reason I've talked about this, like, why it took me so long to come out is, like, you were straight or you were gay and gay was like super bad, but there was no other options. Mm. Right. And like, I, you know, go back and forth between bi and queer, depending on if I can make a really good bi joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> nice. say I just use queer. Um, yeah. So like that literally, I didn't know that was an option until I got to university and then I was like, Oh wait. Um, and everybody was like, yeah, duh. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I know in my school it was very like, there was, no it was just a hard no like where anytime a kid was like suspected of being gay like they were like everybody knew mm-hmm. like there yeah. was like one kid that was I don't even know if the kid was actually gay it was just kind of like flamboyant um but everybody was like oh it's like the gay right so there's a lot of that I don't know about public schools yeah yeah totally ours, yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I had like similar experiences in Catholic school too where it was like being gay was bad and then nothing else existed like let alone yeah. like trans non-binary any any of that stuff like no talking about it too and I yeah and I had a similar thing where like I started coming out when I was in high school but I only came out to like my closest friends but still like word kind of spreads and so it's yeah. this thing that is like known but not talked about and it's like yeah really weird waters because like no teacher would like acknowledge it in any way um and then even students usually wouldn't, but I could tell like after coming out, the way people would treat me was so different. And it was like, I'd lost some status. And then I realized, I realized after a little bit, I was like, oh man, they're treating me the way they treat women. And then I sort of had this teenage awakening where I was like, women are treated horribly. (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, and that's horrible. And like the homophobia I experienced was bad. But I think the silver lining of it is that it helped me understand feminism a lot better. Like as someone who who grew up with a lot of male privilege, like uh, the the homophobia I experienced, I was like, wait a minute, this is a lot like misogyny. I honestly, I kind of had a similar thing, like not with feminism, but like obviously these two are like not comparable at all but like um in St. Albert Catholic schools at least there was a lot of like native jokes like a lot of racism like a lot of that and it wasn't like something I really participated in very much but it was very like normalized um and then when I came out and obviously like you start really noticing all the queer jokes right more than maybe you might have before and then I was like oh wait like this is 
these are very similar things, right? Um, and it kind of put a little bit of perspective on it. And like I said, obviously not comparable, but yeah, no, I definitely kind of get where you're coming from with that. Like it's, yeah, you've never been marginalized and then all of a sudden it's like oh wait <laughs> yeah 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 this is bad yeah oh man S speaking of speaking of the, like the gay jokes i tried re-watching friends a little while ago and oh, so yeah. much of the humor it was wildly wild to me how reductive some of the humor was that, that the jokes would basically be haha chandler your dad is gay or haha ross your ex-wife is gay and that's like the punchline and we're like this used to pass for comedy like this is like so lazy oh my God. I saw a really interesting thing about why like Seinfeld has aged better than friends mm. and it's like they had similar humor but the people in Seinfeld were like they weren't good people you mm. weren't like oh mm -hmm. these are good people whereas friends you're supposed to be like empathizing with them and like I didn't really watch either show really like I was just slightly too young for it mm -hmm. um and also because my dad watched MASH all the time so I just watched that with him <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> which also had like the character that to get out of the army kept trying to cross dress. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was like a running joke is like his attempts to get out of like the war and get sent back home. And one of his big ones was like, he'd be running around like Klinger would be in a dress all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was like, ha ha ha. What, how crazy, like, isn't that so funny? To get out. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember being young before I came out to, and like always using humor as a way to try and like, exist I, I don't know if I'm articulating my thoughts well but I feel like I was trapped in this space where like I knew I was gay it was not really safe for me to come out and so like I had to use humor like ha 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 wouldn't it be so funny if I was gay <laughs> oh. or, or like my friends and I would joke about share all the time in grade seven which I don't think that's a normal thing for most boys in grade seven to joke about <laughs> but it was just like we talked about share all the time and like razzed on her but like secretly loved her yeah yeah no I I kind of get that like I didn't make those jokes but like I I made jokes outing myself constantly because I could not resist um mm -hmm. like yeah just so many there was like this one family vacation that I think I made like three or four in like a couple of days just because I could not resist and like looking back like my mom would just be looking at me like so when are you gonna when are we gonna when are we gonna do this <laughs> like yeah 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 <laughs> nice yeah mm -hmm. yeah like my coming out to my parents was just like this is the label I use not like hey I'm queer because they knew and yeah, they talked like about understood. it <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah finding out that my parents had had that conversation like before I even knew was very funny and like especially because like my dad I guess had called my mom and be like do you think Becca's a lesbian and like they had just split so my mom was very like just because she doesn't have a boyfriend like doesn't mean blah 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 right like very like fuck you um yeah yeah but then like after she hung up she's like I mean it would make sense <laughs> yeah that's fair did you did you ever have family pressure did family ever like hey do you have a boyfriend oh my god starting when I was like 11 or 12 like not my parents because like my mom made a very active like she didn't want me to think boys were like the be all end all or like having a boyfriend was the most important thing. So she would never, ever ask, but like aunties and uncles constantly. Right. Like even I had, when I was very, very little, like four or five, six years old, I had a best friend who was a boy and like random people who would walk by us in the park be like, Oh, like they're so cute. Like, you know, are you guys like playing house? Is that your little boyfriend? Like, 
It's like, um, no, we're murdering Barbies in a volcano to appease the sun god. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. So I remember being like five or six and I had this best friend, Jessica, and everyone would be like, ooh, Evan, you have a crush on Jessica. And I remember I cried being like, no, I don't. And I was like in tears. And um, I was like so upset that they thought I had a crush on her. And I think it was so funny from their perspective, they're like, oh my God, he's crying. He totally has a crush. And I was like, no, I'm gay. Why won't you believe me? No, I definitely, anytime mm -hmm. I had like a male friend like especially like when I got into like junior high everybody just assumed we were dating and then like um to totally. the point where like he started like you know dating like in the way that 13 year olds do right um like dating mm -hmm. someone and they were like oh my god are you okay like it's like what are you talking about like I set them up like <laughs> I'm like wait you were dating so I'm like no I told you so many times yeah. And I, I think there's this thing that like, if you're queer, you can have a different gender partner and there's not expectations of the will they won't they pressure. Mm -hmm. So I think you can just really get comfortably close with them. Like I had similar experiences in high school too, where like my best friend was a girl. Everyone thought we were dating just because there was like no pressure of like, are they going to hook up? Cause like, we definitely knew it was never going to happen. And so we could be like friends and we'd share drinks mm -hmm. and like be chill, but everyone just like, I think maybe because of heteronormativity oh, they're definitely. like ah yeah they were they're like a man and a woman hanging out <laughs> the only way you'd be interested in that is romance yeah because you can't be friends with the opposite yeah opposite gender yeah. like it's yeah. no because obviously everybody wants to fuck each other duh yeah totally <laughs> totally that's so funny yeah two of my favorite movies are frozen and captain america winter soldier uh, and people always giggle when i say that but the reason why i love them is because the characters don't self-actualize through romance you know in frozen it's like two sisters learning to like be true to themselves and support each other uh and then captain america winter soldier captain america and black widow they never play the like will they won't they they just know it won't happen and it's more about a story of two bros i like that um, which i love i like that. yeah yeah that's yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm just like i just think bucky's really hot <laughs> I mean, that is a correct opinion. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I watched the like Falcon and Winter Soldier show. And mm -hmm. there was a part at the end, they were getting so close to like the point, like Falcon had this whole speech about like, because um, it was this whole thing about a black man being Captain America, right? Um, mm -hmm. And there was this whole speech at the end. This is a total tangent. But I was like, oh my God, are they going to actually do it? And he got so close to the point And then I went like, <laughs> it's like, you are so mm. close. Oh, yeah. bummer. It's a yeah. good show, though. Yeah. I, I feel so conflicted about the memes about, like, um, straight guys that are close and all the memes making them gay. Mm. Like, I've seen so many memes of, like, Captain America and, and Winter Soldier oh, or Bucky, yeah. and they're like, oh, they're gay for each other. Because on one hand, I'm like, yes, be gay. I want that gay content. But then on the other hand, I'm also like, two straight dudes could just be friends and, like, share physical intimacy and like that's an okay thing to have in the world and have healthy but also like healthy i would friendship yeah but also if they made out i would be cool with that too that's i i very much feel the same like i minored in history and there's like always the joke about like historical potentially queer people like oh they were just like gal pals or like he was a confirmed bachelor and i'm like so torn like especially when there's pictures i'm like on the one hand you know, they had a less toxic view of like male intimacy and friendship and blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, like 
this guy was probably definitely gay and i get very excited oh, yeah. anytime somebody in history was like definitely gay i'm like hell yeah yeah one of my favorite memes was during Halloween, there was the spirit Halloween memes, and one was uh, historically accurate roommates, and it was just like two two women going at it. <laughs> But like, okay, I totally, I totally feel you. So I studied musical theater and then commercial contemporary music. And I took a few history courses and they were all like aggressively heterosexual. Yeah. Um. So, so this summer I had a fringe show where I did queer music history, a concert. And so I talked about all of these influential queer musicians and composers and technologists and, um, talked about like their contributions and what they did in their life and doing the research for it was so interesting because people would out like some historians would just be like yeah they were just roommates and then you read about it and you're like oh man they were probably way more than that yeah. like one of my one of my favorite um figures is this composer dame ethel Smythe. she's one of like the first like super successful women composers and she was a suffragette she was a member of this organization called the women's social and political union okay and um she was like super in love with the leader emmeline pankhurst oh, and yeah. sometimes sometimes people are like they're just friends but like i have a photo of emmeline sitting on dame ethel Smythe's lap <laughs> like and then dame ethel Smythe wrote this one book and like 90% of the book is about how Emmeline Pankhurst is amazing and she writes about her the way a horny 14 year old would write about Wonder Woman mm, and I'm yeah. like I'm like I'm like I think they were I think there were probably maybe a couple it's like whenever I get to tell people that Alexander the Great was like super gay for his little boyfriend and then when that boyfriend whose mm -hmm. name is I'm completely blanking on died he like the lengths he went to for this funeral it's like that's what like a reigning monarch that's the funeral that they give their spouse like their consort like that's <laughs> and there's all yeah. these like broy like oh yeah like alexander the great and romans and blah 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 i'm like so many of them were gay they were all fucking each other <laughs> yeah yeah and i wonder honestly like i wonder if we grew up in a society um that was sort of like free of heteronormativity. I wonder how many more people would be bi. Because I think about ancient Greece and how it was just like totally normalized for dudes to be physically intimate with each other. And like, I honestly wonder, yeah, like how many people aren't actually straight, but are just sort of like faking it. Well, yeah. And you read like, there's so many people, right? Like we've talked about like Josephine Baker on here, like who was bi and like, I think like Eleanor Roosevelt, like um, Emily Dickinson, like all these people. And like, the more you read about them, it's like, oh, and had romances with women and like all these things. I'm like, how many people would be just a little bit more flexible? Like, I'm not going to go into a whole bi supremacy thing. <laughs> um, but no, like how many people would be more like open to experimentation, even if they were like experimenting and be like, actually, no, I am straight. And like, that's totally fine. But like, just if there wasn't this like incredible pressure to either stay in your lane or immediately jump into another lane with like a label and stick there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. Oh, and riffing off of Roosevelt. Okay, listeners at home, please Google Franklin D. Roosevelt mm -hmm. in a dress. Um, 
That's one of my favorite things to see because you can see FDR as a young boy in a dress. And I think a lot of people don't realize like that used to be totally normal. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it's my favorite. So I'll have to read That's... about Eleanor Roosevelt. I mean, I'm excited if you're to check reading that out. about Roosevelt's, um, so not um, FDR, but Teddy Roosevelt's daughter, Alice, the coolest human being. <laughs> she was banned from the White House after her dad like left office because she buried a voodoo doll of like, Woodrow Wilson or his wife in like the grounds and like like Roosevelt <laughs> at one point was like I can be president or I can manage Alice I cannot possibly do both like this woman like went to like so many parties that it was like multiple a day for like <laughs> like had a snake named Emily Spinach like just a very cool person um but like going off the historical pictures of like men in dresses there's some from I think the first world war of like men in dresses like loading artillery because they had done a drag show for like morale and then had to you know go back mm. to war like right after but like I feel like there yeah. was we have a very specific picture of the past and so much of it is wrong which like I'm finding more and more mm -hmm. as I research more and more it's just like how incorrect our vision of the past was because yeah like there were these young guys doing drag and they're like oh shit now we have to go bomb the Germans like Totally. Yeah. Like when I was doing my research for that, the queer music history show um, prior to World War II, one of the biggest hit songs was a song called Masculine Women, Feminine Men. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it was just super big. It was like kind of aimed for straight people. And it was like, whoa, look how modern these times mm. are where like uh, women are acting really masculine and men are acting really feminine. But yeah, it was like that pansy craze era where like mm. people really loved drag. And I think like people talk about drag nowadays with RuPaul's Drag Race, like it's this like new phenomena. But you're like, yeah, no, it's like a historically... Uh, rooted phenomena that existed a really really long time yeah I mean women weren't actors for the longest time like all you know like you look at Shakespeare and even further back like with Greek plays like the women were played by men right like mm -hmm. having women playing women is actually a much more recent phenomena which adds an extra bit of hilarity I think to certain plays oh yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you think about romances, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like so misogynistic that it becomes gay. Right? It's like it looped back <laughs> on itself. Like <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Which I find happens a totally. lot. Like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like just accept that you're allowed to hug your bro and it's fine. And like that doesn't make you your whole like thing about, oh, we're not gay, we're just doing this, like loops around and makes it gay if you had just hugged no one would have said anything <laughs> right right it's like if you wear a shirt that says not into human trafficking uh it raises a lot of questions <laughs> so, you know yeah. that's sort of that's my like really weird uh analogy for no homo oh no where it's go like for it. if you yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, if you have to advertise it, it's weird. It's weird. You could just not be gay and then you don't have to say anything. Yeah. It's like I was um, dog sitting for my mom once and I had to like go get something from her house. And like I was going in through the door and like her neighbor looked out. I was like, I'm not a burglar, I swear. And the neighbor was like, that's what a burglar would say. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, just kind of going back to like the whole this super clunky transition i love it it's been a while um have you like 
always been a musician or like has that mm. just been yeah i got into music uh in high school i uh i did theater and i really really enjoyed it and then my in grade 10 my my hey um high school drama teacher told us we were going to do a musical next year and i was like oh now i have to learn how to sing and then i just started like singing along to like cds and stuff and i was like oh this is super fun and i love it nice. <laughs> yeah so i kind of got into it in high school i didn't really start writing my own songs until like i was in college yeah nice so have your songs always been very gay um no actually there was um a point in my life where i was like didn't feel safe or comfortable being super publicly gay and i wanted i wanted to like write about my own e experiences but it didn't feel safe so i was like okay what if i talked about another like form of marginalization so i actually one of those songs is going to be on my next album it's called minority and um i wrote it when i wasn't ready to like tell the world that i was gay and so i did some research into the holocaust and i just like read interviews and then i wrote a song that was sort of like built around that wow. and that was my time where i was like i'm too scared to tell people i'm gay but what if i wrote a song that was like um hey let's not be racist yeah that's wow <laughs> yeah which is maybe not maybe not a novel take maybe not a deep take but i think like um with this like really weird unexpected rise in nazism i think maybe messages we need to start sending out to people yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's a lot i fully i love it that was not the direction i thought that answer was gonna go i thought you were like oh yeah like i wrote a song that was like secretly about a guy but i used like she her pronouns and then you were like i've studied yeah. the holocaust <laughs> yeah i, I know like Unexpected. total total left field yeah yeah that's really cool i can't wait to hear that album that's gonna be good yeah thanks yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome and did you want to talk about firefly at all or well, I've gotcha. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit. So yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm not representing my work right now. I am just representing myself, mm -hmm. Evan, as a human. Um, but for my day job, I do work at the Firefly Institute for Sexual and Gender Diversity. So anyone who doesn't know about that, um, we're based out of the University of Alberta. All of our practices are grounded in uh, peer-reviewed research and evidence-based practices. Um, but we're kind of like a unique institute in that we do research that directly informs and supports community projects. Projects. So like we do research into youth experiencing houselessness. Uh, and uh, as a result of that, we created a resource center for youth in Edmonton that experience houselessness called the Chew Project. So youth can come and um, crash on a cot, just like chill, um, get some free food, access some free counseling, get some community, uh, get connected with stable housing. Uh, and then um, we've got an Indigenous education program called Where the Rivers Meet, which is really rad. We have a, a summer camp called Camp Firefly. It's like every other summer camp, but just gayer. Uh, and then my role there, I'm the education coordinator. So I do lectures on gender and sexual diversity, um, or sometimes I'll lecture instead for university classes. I might lecture for like a company and be like, hey, here's how you not be transphobic uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, that's the Firefly Institute based out of the University of Alberta. Nice. Yeah. I always like just making sure everybody knows about all these wonderful resources. Um, yeah. yeah. Was there anything that you like really wanted to talk about today that we haven't like gotten to yet? Can, can I do some shameless plugging? Oh, my God. Go for it. 
<laughs> okay, great, great. So on March 15th, I'm uh, remounting um, my Queer Music History concert. It's for the U of A's Pride Week, and it's um, through the Pride Alumni Association. Um, so you can attend that. And then uh, in Edmonton on March 17th in the evening, I'm performing at the Carrot, which is on Alberta Avenue, like 118 Ave. Uh, and so I'm going to do, I'm a singer songwriter. I'm going to play the piano and sing some tunes. I'm also a vocal instructor. Like I, I teach people how to sing. I do that through McEwen's Conservatory of Music. And I'm going to feature a couple of my students will be singing that night too. So I'm really excited for them That's because awesome. of COVID. Yeah, 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 totally. Because of COVID, my students haven't had much of a chance to perform yet. So I'm I'm stoked to finally like be in a place where people get to do that. That's so exciting. That's, yeah. oh, that's gonna be so cool for them. <laughs> Rad. Awesome. Well, Becca, thank you so much for having me out today. It was lovely to chat about queer joy with you. I had yeah. an amazing time. Yeah, this kind of like whole conversation was kind of queer joy but if you have anything else specifically for like a queer joy feel free oh yeah 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 yeah. i was listening before and i love how you would you'd list those okay what's my queer joy uh my queer joy is crop tops i yeah 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 so i um <laughs> yeah i know i know i know i was i bought a crop top um, from Hot Topic, from the women's section, and I was scared to wear it outside. I, I like to play badminton, and I get really sweaty when I exercise, and I really wanted to wear this crop top, but I was scared, and I was like, you know what? I want to be comfortable. I shouldn't be worried about like how other people are going to perceive me, so even though it's scary for me, I'm going to wear this crop top to badminton, and then when I was there, uh, there's the straight guy that I play with, and he was like, oh, hey, I like your shirt, uh, and I was like oh man that is allyship that was like <laughs> yeah that was really nice so yeah crop tops are my queer joy uh at the moment what's one of your queer joys oh my gosh I I mean I guess starting off this week with um two really awesome conversations so I got to talk to you and right before this um I was talking to a new friend from Red Deer who um supports two-spirit youth so I got to have two very cool conversations with two very cool people. And it was a really nice way to kick off my uh, short four day week. So amazing. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> thank you awesome. for joining me. Mm -hmm. Anytime. Perfect. And thank you everybody else for joining us. Um, be kind to yourself and others, and we will see you next week. Bye.